السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته ويلكم تو اور بيكلس ابيسود 4 اسمي فؤاد انا هيو بيفا بيفا محمد جواد يو فيري ويلكم تو اور فورث ابيسود بي اسك الله سبحانه وتعالى تو كيب اس كونسيستنت ان اكسبت ذس از ان اكت اوف ايجاد سو دي وان توك تو يو اباوت سون بي بي امبورتنت ان ذا اسلاميك كوميونتي Last week we changed you, we changed you to an episode with our friend Suhail. We talked about his Toda story. Inshallah, we'll be having more guests as well. Sure. But today we want to talk about something very, very important, something that impacts every single one of us. Every single Muslim. This is something that every single Muslim has to do. And if one Muslim doesn't do it, oh. he's not really a Muslim anymore. Yeah, he's not. It's the only act of worship that the Sahaba considered. If yeah. one left that act of worship, he's no longer a Muslim. What does that mean for Adol if he's not a Muslim? It means that you will not be washed like yeah. a Muslim. Well, before we even get into I just want to start with this ayah of the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلْ إِنَّ صَلَاتِي وَنُسُكِي وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِي لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ وَبِذَلِكَ أُمِرْتُ وَأَنَا أَوَّلُ الْمُسْلِمِينَ Explain that to my brothers and sisters today. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Say, O Muhammad, that my prayer, inna salati, my prayers, ونسكي, my right of sacrifice, ومحياي, my life, ومماتي, my death, فالله, فالله, بالله رب العالم, فالله, the Lord of the worlds, he has no partners. With that I was commanded, and I'm the first of Muslims. Look, look, that, look at that statement. That statement is that's if someone wants to ask how you should live your life, what what are the things the things that you're doing, that's that's what your statement should be. قل إن صلاتي ونسكي ومحياي ومماتي لله رب العالمين لا شريك له وبذلك أمرت وأنا أول المسلمين. That's a beautiful statement. سبحان الله. سبحان الله. So, so we want to talk about the solar aspect, guys. Solar aspect. First of all, it's hukum in Islam. Hukum means the rulings of salah. Yeah. As we mentioned earlier, it's an obligation upon every single Muslim, no matter what state you're in. See, see for example, when you're fasting for oh. and you're sick or you're traveling, you don't have to fast. Don't fast. But when it comes to salah, mm-hmm. if you're traveling or if you're sick, you have to pray. Because that's the only thing, that, yeah. that's the connection between you and, Prophet, uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Prophet Muhammad says, if The covenant that is the deal, the deal, the covenant, or um, that is between them and us, as salah as prayer. Yeah. Whoever abandons it, خلاص, he has abandoned, he has broke that deal. That connection between him and Allah subhanahu wa taala. Uh-huh. And salah comes from the root word in Arabic, salah. Salah means a connection. You understand? A connection. So if you leave your salah, خلاص, you broke that connection between you and Allah subhanahu wa taala. And it's hukum, as we said, it's an obligation. If you're sick, you can't stand up. What do you do? Pray. While sitting down. Mm. You can't sit down, pray. While you're laying on your mm. back. You can't recite, you do it with your eyes, some scholars said. So, so throughout this podcast, this episode, we're going to be talking about the importance of salah. And uh, we'll, we'll go to a, a, a little bit of the salah, talk about its conditions, is uh, the, compo- the compulsory aspect of the salah. But another hadith, the salah is so important. One of the hadith in which the Prophet says, بين وجلي وبين شركي والكف بترك الصلاة بين مان and بين وجلي وبين شركي بين مان and شرك and كفر is the abandonment of salah 
Another Dehadi, like you mentioned, in which the thing that separates us, me and you, from the Hindus, the Sikhs, the Christians, the media, non-Muslims, anyone that's not Muslim is a Salah. So whether Bandits lives his religion, Bandits You're not religion. Muslim no more. And as I, as, as I was mentioning earlier, if you're not Muslim, that implies that you're not your body. When you die, it's haram for Muslims to wash your body. And it's haram for them to pray on your body. Sheikh Muhtamin, he was asked by a family, one of our sibling, one of our relatives passed away. And he wasn't, he, he didn't pray. pray. He didn't pray. So what should we do? Should we bring him to the masjid? Ibn Uthameen rahimahullah, he said, if you bring him to the masjid and you get people to wash him and pray on him, you are deceiving the Muslims. Mm. And he explained, he said, what you should, so he, like he was asked, what should we do for not even allowed to bury him in the uh, cemetery with Muslims? What should we do? He said, you go out to the city, you dig a hole and you put him in the hole. Khalas, that's it. This is, a lot of people, our ummah, we, we don't pray a lot of us, we know people that don't pray. Mm. It may be also maybe our family members, our friends. But like, um, for those who do pray, they pray in a wrong way. I'll give you a story in which the man came to the Prophet's masjid. He came to the masjid of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He came in the masjid. He gives, he gives salam to the Prophet. He says, Salaamu Alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Ya Rasulullah. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam replied to him, Wa wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So the man went to go pray. He did two quick things, make quickly. After he finished his salam, after he finished his uh, taslim, he gave salam to uh, the Prophet the Prophet And the Prophet asked him, what did he do? He said he prayed. The Prophet said, no, go back and pray. You didn't pray. The man went back and prayed again. Did his taslim, gave salam to the Prophet. The Prophet said, go back and pray. You didn't pray. The man went back again. He went back again and he did, after he finished the work, he did give the taslim. He went to the Prophet and he said, go back and pray, you didn't pray. The guy was tired, he said, Yahweh still like, teach me. I don't know anything but, but that, yeah, he said to him, teach me. I don't know, teach me. So Prophet Muhammad he said to him, when you go, when you're about to pray, mm -hmm. he said, Allahu Akbar, mm -hmm. you stand up, you read Surah Al-Fatiha, you read what you, you read what you read from the Quran, and afterwards you make sujood, uh, you make ruku', and you make ruku', ilka' Hatta, uh, Prophet Muhammad says, you make a course until you feel tranquility. Until you feel tranquility. Exactly. Hatta yeah. tistakina raka'an. And then he said to him, then lift. He says, Hatta tistakima qa'iman. Until you feel tranquility while standing. Mm. And then likewise, so the point is, the man was fast in the salah. Yeah. The man was fast in the salah. Praying the salah. Huh? Praying the salah. He said, fast in the salah. Yeah, he, no, he was fast. Like he oh, was fasting his salah. No, okay. he's praying his salah fast. Yeah. And Prophet Muhammad he gave the example. He said, like those who peak, yeah. like the like the peacock you, or like the chicken. Do you know what the importance of that is? So that man, he prayed, but according to Islam and according to the Nabi, he didn't pray. He didn't pray. Exactly. <laughs> that was that was exercise. Subhanallah, bro. And, like, and aerobics. Allah, <laughs> bro. Like so many of us, how many of us, even me, and every single one of us, fall under this from time to time. Mm -hmm. How many times you go, we start a salah, we pray a quick thing. And we finish our salam. Did we pray three rakat? Did we pray so, Some of us. Do, can I remember what I recited? Yeah. Some of us, when we say Allah Akbar, till the time we say to sleep, we don't know what we read in that salam. SubhanAllah. Allah is That's true. very sad, bro. Like, like every one of us can fall into this from time to time. But the point of this hadith is to wake you up. Yeah. And there's another narration that is narrated by Umar ibn Khattab. And he says, Amai can be 60. He's a Muslim. 60 years old. 60. And not one salah was accepted from him. Imagine, bro. You're praying. Your whole... Look, don't mind those that don't pray. Mm -hmm. 
Now, that's something completely different. But those that pray 60 years, the salah is not accepted. Not, he said, not even one rak'ah. They don't even complete one rak'ah. And then he was asked how. He said, maybe they do the court properly, but they don't do the sujood properly. The Prophet said, no? that there was people, do, people who steal from the prayers. Yeah. And what's that? People who steal from prayers, who, the people who don't do the, who do, uh, sorry, the wuku or sujood properly. Yeah. So a lot of us just do quick things. Like, like people say, exactly in Salah, one of the pillars of Salah, of Wajibat Salah, you have to have Sakina. Sakina, yes. And a lot of us, we don't have this. We come back from Wuku, just quick things, just yeah. like a bendy ruler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Prophet Muhammad described that as a peacock, you know, like yeah. picking, you know what I mean, when yeah. he ate his food. But just quick thing, what my brother was seeing in UCD prayer room, for example, I seen some brothers, may Allah guide them. Oh, oh, it's like subhanAllah, like, how did you, how did you manage to say, yeah, you know, SubhanAllah, be Allah, Bihamdi, three times or once yeah. even. Yeah. How did you manage it? It's like just tap the forehead off the ground, boom, right back up. Do you know, you know? Wrong. how the like our example is the, the what the Quran and the Sunnah, what the Salaf taught us here. Mm. So they they laid the blueprint for Islam for us. So when we talk about Salah, we have to talk about how did the companions treat Salah, how did they react to Salah, and there are many different stories in ways that the companions reacted to Salah. Can you give us can you give us a story? I think one story, one of the most profound stories that I've heard. With regards to that is the story of Umar ibn Khattab the man after whom I named my son Umar. May Allah bless Umar ibn Khattab and may Allah, uh, you know, may Allah um, send his peace and blessings of, over our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, our beloved Prophet. Uh, so Umar ibn Khattab, at the end of his caliphate, at the end of his time, mm -hmm. he was praying in a man in the name of uh, Abu Lu'lu al-Majusi. May Allah curse him wherever he is. Um, he, he was standing up on Salah and Abu Lu'la prayed in the first line with the Muslims. Now Abu Lu'la was a concubine, he was, he was someone who was captured in war. Okay. When the uh, Persian Empire was uh, collapsed, you know what I mean? He was brought back to Medina. So he was having beef with Umar? The thing is, he was captured, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he pretended he became Muslim, you know? And he was allowed to enter Medina, he was a craftsman. He used to make weapons, he used to be a... He was also a, a carpenter as well, you know what I mean? So the Muslims made use of him, you know what I mean? And then one day that man took Umar ibn Khattab, uh, Umar ibn Khattab told him, will you make us something good, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? He said to Umar ibn Khattab, I'll make you something that the Arabs will talk about it and they will never forget it. And oh, Umar ibn Khattab said, he promised me. He promised me, it means he promised me that yeah. he's going to kill me. He said, this guy is going to kill me. He knew it beforehand. Do you know that? Yeah, Do you know that information? He knew it beforehand. You know? He wanted to kill him. He wanted to kill him. But we never square up to him one on one. No, he wouldn't, bro. That's the thing. That's what happened. He dipped his, his knife in poison. Mm -hmm. And while Umar al Khattab was praying, he went, boom. I think he hit him three times. In right you, in the... What's the hikmah? Why did he do it when he was praying? Because he knew he couldn't cut off his salah. He knew when he's, when he's in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's how Ali ibn Abi describes it. He said, when we stood in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we seen the heaven on our right hand side and the hellfire from the left hand side and the angel of death behind us just about to grab our souls. Do you know what I mean? So they disconnect from the world and they connect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When the companions, when they say Allah Akbar, it's not like us when we say Allah Akbar, oh, my phone in my pocket. Yeah. Uh, my hair itches. Yeah. Oh, my shirt put on properly. They describe that as a bird over their head. Yeah. Do you know the way like you have a bird over your head and you don't want to scare the bird away, you don't want to move mm -hmm. to scare the bird away. That's how they wear in the salah. Mm -hmm. They stand still. You understand? Mm -hmm. That's why the man he utilized that opportunity, stabbed him three times yeah. in, in the ribs. Not only in, in here, in this area, just below so the ribs. What we're trying to get from this is that the moment we didn't knew that yeah. when Umm Khattab was praying in salah. 
That's when he was. That's his best that's chance. When he could, that was his best chance. That's, that was his best chance to get him. Otherwise, you know what I mean? He's pitching. Yeah. Even. Yeah. It's, it's worth noticing when he was coming to call kid the Remember Kutab, he was leading Jamaa. He was leading Jamaa. Yeah. And your companions came behind him. Companions came behind him. And do you know when. In uh, when we're playing so like shoulders, shoulders, feet to feet, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, look, he, he tried to get to him, but he couldn't get to him because the companions were so, the were, yeah, were, exactly. were so close. Yeah. So, what did he do? He killed some of them, he killed some of them on his own. He yeah. went to kill Umar, subhanallah. Do you know another thing when he stabbed Umar, when Umar fell, yeah, yeah. do you know what, what happened? When oh, when uh, Abdullah bin Abbas came to him, when uh, I think it was uh, Abdullah, Abdullah Ahmad bin Auf, yeah? yes, he came up to the to front to lead the salah. Now, if something happened like that normally nowadays, it'd be okay. People would run away from people the salah. People would, people, it's normal that we stop our salah. Yes, yeah? Islam permits us. Yes. But what did Abdul Rahman bin Arab do? Stepped up. Stepped up. Continued his continue salah. Continued his salah. Made the salah short, continued salah. Then after they went to go find uh, Abdul Rahman, he killed himself. He killed himself. He killed himself. He's yeah. suicide. In, in the middle, he just literally killed himself. slaughtered himself. Yeah. So they went to go find, go, uh, they went to bring Umar bin Khattab. He wasn't dead yet. Yeah. So. The, when he was trying to bring him, the, the people thought he was, he was going to be alive because they thought it was invisible. Because, well, like you said, Umar al Khattab, he ruled for 12 years. Oh, Iron fist, yeah? yeah? Very humble man, very uh, fearless leader. Mm. So people thought, okay, Umar can die, he won't die, yeah? Mm. There's a hadith, by the way, sorry, yeah. just to cut you off. Oh, just remember your point, don't forget, because it's beautiful what I mentioned now. Hudayfa ibn al Yaman, Prophet Muhammad told them things about the fitan. He told them the names of the hypocrites and he told them things about the fitan, yeah. right? And then Umar ibn Khattab, he asked Hudayfa ibn Yaman, he asked him, tell me what's going to happen, you know what I mean, about the fitan, how am I going to die? Uh, no, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. He told him, the fitan will start after your time. The doors will open, the doors of fitan will open after the time of Umar. Mm -hmm. Then he asked him, he told him, will it open or will it be broken? He said, the door will be broken, it's not going to open. Broken. The door, the door of fitan, fitan means trials yeah, and tribulation. Yeah, yeah. So the doors on the Muslim Ummah is going to be broken, mm -hmm. the door of the fitan. So he knew he's going to die. You understand? Yeah. And when he dies, the door is not gonna close again because khalas is broke. Do you understand? Yeah. So the fitna will continue to continue until the day of judgment. Do you get me? Go ahead, sorry, continue. So when Umar uh, Khattab, when he was, they were bringing him to, because he was losing consciousness. Yeah. And was, they gave him milk, and they, when he drank the milk, the milk came out of his intestine. Yes. So the, the people know he's gonna die. He was losing consciousness, so trying to keep him conscious. And they, they couldn't get far, but Abdullah bin Abbas, he had an idea. So Abdullah bin Abbas, one of his jobs for Umar bin Khattab is that he reminds Umar bin Khattab when it's time for Salah. Not when it's time, but like 30 minutes before Salah. So Umar bin Khattab can prepare for Salah. So he had an idea, because he used to remind Umar bin Khattab for Salah. So he had an idea. He said, Ya Amin Mu'mineen, it's time for Salah. Then Umar bin Khattab gets up. He gets up, he said, Wallahi. There is no iman for the one who does not uh, do salah, completely salah. Mm. Look, out of consciousness, because you're so alert that he, he knows, like when he starts salah, okay, he has to prepare. Do you know what that reminds me of? Do you what? ever see when you're, it's time for salah al fajr, mm -hmm. and you're dead, you're asleep, and you're so tired, mm -hmm. you hear that time, someone tells you salah. Some people may take ages to get yeah. up, but like, you're basically in a state of consciousness mm -hmm. because the Quran describes the one when he sleeps, he's dead. And Allah brings him back to life after he wakes up. Doesn't the Quran describe that? You know, Majr Umar bin Khattab, he just got, he was stabbed. And he was in and out of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And at that time, he was unconscious. When he heard this Allah, he was able to snap. Just like the person when he wakes up from Fajr. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, you're, if you have the ability mm -hmm. to snap and wake up from Fajr, and you know, and remove that tiredness away from you, yeah. 
بإذن الله بإذن الله بإذن الله يبي يجيب يبي يجيب 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 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says the first act of worship that a person is asked about on the day of judgment is the salah if it's complete فَقَدْ أَفْلَحَ فَقَدْ أَفْلَحَ وَنَجَحَ you know or كَمَا قَالَ صلى الله عليه وسلم he says he is successful and he is fortunate but if he didn't do it فَقَدْ خَابَ وَخَسَدْ then he is unfortunate and he is a loser you know and he said when he if he has inconsistencies or breaks in his salah the nawafid, the voluntary yeah. prayers, they will break, they, they will fill up the holes, you understand? They will fill up the cracks in, in her salah. Yeah. So for the Muslim who just, young prayed, he didn't start praying until he's 25, what can he do? What did the scholars advise? One, make tawbah, sincere tawbah. And do a lot of nafas salah. Like for example, we just recently had Ramadan, Tarawih was a good example. Good way to end those rewards from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you look at the salah, it's so important because Jibreel yeah. when he was bringing, when he brought the hukum for zakah, he came down to the Prophet mm. When he brought the hukum for hajj, he came down to the Nabi. When he brought the hukum for siyam, he came down to the Nabi. But for salah, what happened? The Prophet Muhammad had to go to the highest heaven. He has to go get himself. Exactly. And you, exactly. someone's going to tell me salah is not, not important, bro. SubhanAllah. The process literally had to go Isra wal Miraj to get the salat for us. He had to bring the salat down. SubhanAllah. So that, that can show you the magnitude of how important it is. And do you know that this time made Prophet Muhammad the best of prophets because no one went up that high before mm. him. Do you know that? Oh, no one went up that high that close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know what I mean? And that where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes it in Surah Al Najm. You know, the, that, that's the time that made Prophet Muhammad the best of prophets because no one went that high before. Mm. You understand? Mm. You know what I mean? When he was blessed with the salah mm. by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know? And remember what we were speaking about earlier. When you don't pray, you're not going to be prayed upon. Yeah. You're a kafir, basically. Another thing, another mad thing is, in our society, unfortunately, a lot of people, they consider success is having a good job or going doing a good course in university, yeah. you understand? And then they, even their parents they find pride in, they find pride in that. That's you a good mean? thing. It is a good thing. I'm not saying it's not huh? a bad thing, but we need to get our priorities correct. And a mistake a lot of people fall into, right? The, and the parents as well. Mm -hmm. They're so happy about their kid. He finished his university. He got a good degree. Now they're looking for a wife for him. Mm -hmm. but he doesn't pray. He doesn't pray. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so like they're happy with that, mm -hmm. but they don't care about her salah. You know what I mean? And then if someone comes to their daughter, mm -hmm. he has a good degree, and then, but he drinks, let's say. Mm -hmm. He goes out partying. He does this and that. But he has, he's secured himself a good job. You know what I mean? He's doing well for himself. And someone else, a righteous brother, he has a decent job, mm -hmm. obviously not, like not a doctor or not mm -hmm. an engineer. Not as good as the other brother. Mm -hmm. You know, they prefer the one who has a good degree that doesn't pray, that goes out party, yeah. just for the dunya. Do you know what's so mad? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, if we, the Muslim community here, someone commit zina arka, we'll be like, whoa, haram. Yeah. No, all the haram police is coming. Yeah. But if they say this guy doesn't pray salah, they're like, oh, that's bad, I get, I get you. But salah is way, way worse than it's that. Worse. Salah is way worse of someone drinking kama or alcohol or commit zina. Because alcohol and uh, zina are from the yeah. major sins. Yeah. But leaving salah is kufrun. Yeah, kufrun. Disbelief, bro. Yeah. Subhanallah. Yeah? Subhanallah. Subhanallah.
mistake, as we, as we mentioned, mistake a lot of people fall into. They say, okay, this person doesn't pray, right? Mm -hmm. This person doesn't pray, but he's a good person. He's a nice guy. That's no problem. That's no problem. But someone else prays and he has minor sins. They say, oh, this guy is so bad, this guy is this, this guy is that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In the scale of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who prays is better. Yeah. Why? Because at the end of the day, he's a believer. If he dies, he goes into paradise. He, he has a chance of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. You understand? Mm -hmm. You get me? You know? You, he's given the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know? The rights of the people, he's going to be judged for them between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm -hmm. You understand? But on the other hand, someone that's nice but doesn't pray. You get me? He's going to get his reward in the dunya. People are going to talk good about him. This yeah. guy is nice. His, his reward is in the in dunya. dunya. But when it comes to the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the reason for which he it's was good. created, he didn't fulfill it. That's when Allah is going to deal with him accordingly on the day of judgment. You know what I mean? And another thing is, since we spoke about marriage and uh, the idea of you know someone having a good yeah. degree and he doesn't pray, their parents look for uh, someone. We, we don't even ask someone. Like my sisters get married basically. Uh, mm. Inshallah, inshallah, yeah. inshallah, and one of the things I ask the person is, how's your, how's your salah? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, he's, obviously it's a weird question, yeah. not a weird question, not a weird question for me. Yes, yes, yes. But I was like, yeah, because I heard the, the, the opponent's like ages ago, so I just asked him. So he gave me an answer which I was satisfied with, and I was like, okay, khalas. Alhamdulillah, <laughs> alhamdulillah. Mm -hmm. But, think this we don't realize if the person prays, it's haram for him to marry a Muslim woman. It's haram for if the person, person prays. Sorry, if the person doesn't pray, if yeah. the person abandons the salah, and someone comes, for example, someone comes to you and he has a good degree, he has a position in the government, he has this, he has that, but he doesn't pray, and he came for the hands of your sister. It's haram for you to accept it because you're giving your sister or you're allowing mm -hmm. your sister to marry a kafir, mm -hmm. someone who doesn't believe. And if your father, for instance, he had a lot of money, he was a wealthy person, but he didn't pray, mm -hmm. he didn't pray. You're not allowed to take his inheritance because a Muslim does not inherit the Kafir and the Kafir does not inherit the Muslim. Mm. You know? And another really, really important one, one that breaks the heart of every tough man, is the fact that if you are Muslim and your parents or mm. your loved ones are kuffar and they die upon kuffar, they die you without... Can't, you can't without, we can't pray for them, we can't make dua for them, bro. Because khalas is established. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told you that if you die not praying, you are a Kafir. Mm. You understand? And when you are a Kafir, you're going to go to Jahannam. You're going to go to the Hellfire. You know what I mean? It's already been said. Therefore, do not miss the chance now to give them da'wah. If you really love them, go out there, reach out to them, tell them the importance of Salah. Tell them the importance of the Salah. That they need to pray before it's too late. Another, another uh, way in which we can highlight the importance of Salah, in which this is the story in which when the Prophet was passing away, the Prophet was sick, he was sick, he was weak, so he couldn't pray the Salah in Jama'ah, so he had to pray at home. So people were worried, he was very sick. Then he was getting better, and he was getting better, and he came to the masjid, he had to get some help. And he looked at his ummah and he was smiling because he brought down to Salah and people were performing it, so he was happy with his ummah. So the people thought he was getting better. But he got worse, and he was getting worse and getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And he's losing consciousness, and people are very scared. The Nabi's about to die. He's losing consciousness, and he lost consciousness. And he now woke up from his consciousness. Now, got up and he said, as salah manakum." He said, "Pray your salah, pray your salah, and take care of which those your right hand possess, things under your control." Then he went into consciousness again. The Nabi went. The Nabi, the Prophet went into consciousness again. And after a couple hour, couple of moments passed. 
go up against it. As-salah, as-salah. وَمَا مَلَكَ كَيْمَانِكُمْ Your salah, take care of your salah, take care of your salah and those which your right hand possess and you will lose consciousness again. And Ali, Ali uh, ibn Abi Talib, yeah, when he was narrating this story, this, this story to his students, he asked his students, do you know what the last words of the Prophet was? Do you know what it was? And Ali continued, so he said that the third time the Prophet arose from his unconsciousness and he said, As-Sulah, As-Sulah, wa ma malakayta imanikum. Then the Prophet died. Well, These are the last words. The, the, the last words of the Nabi was, Take care of your Salah. Take care of your Salah. What would you think for the Prophet Muhammad was between us now today, between the Ummah today? What would you think? I, I don't think he recognized anything, bro. Because subhanAllah, one of the things that used to scare Prophet Muhammad he used to wake up sometimes crying and then he'd be asked by his wife's Aisha most of the time, Allah, the mother of the believers, why are you crying? Because I see my Ummah, you know what I mean? I see my Ummah in the future, you know, and the fitting they're, go they're going through and the difficulties and the hardships. SubhanAllah, a lot of us have abandoned the Salah, abandoned the Adeem altogether and a lot of us are actually even shy to say that we're Muslims although, mm. we, although we know we're upon the Haq, why? Because the, of the pressure that is mm. being applied on the Muslims now, worldwide bro, mm. worldwide Wallahi bro, some people think that if you go back home, you'll be a better believer, a better worshipper, no fitting But bro, it's worse I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm not gonna lie to you for Ali, it's worse because mm. see like when, when I came to, like before, before I came to Ireland in Iraq and in Syria, bro, people did abandon their deen, especially young people our age. You know? In Iraq? In Iraq and in Syria, bro, they abandoned the deen. The last time I went to Iraq, shirk, bro, shirk is everywhere. Forget about aqeedah. Aqeedah is out the window. They have nothing. Bro, they curse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala openly like that, and it's accepted in the society. SubhanAllah. Wallahi, bro, like, like there, was, there was a Syrian, one, one, one of my friends that I met in Northern Ireland when I was working up there, he's a Syrian refugee. He's, he's from Hams. Mm -hmm. from his and he told me bro the level of kufr in my area went to the extent that one of my friends would have his other friends saved on his phone as Allah oh my god and then when he calls him he's like I don't have time for him do you get me you understand like the jokes now like, like the sense of, of humor the sense of humor is that's all, one of the nawaqid isn't it 100% bro khalas you're kafir 100% nawaqid is a nullifiers of Islam you're not a Muslim no more bro like our ummah is lost if Prophet Muhammad sees this today wallahi he'll be in bits his hard work bro his mm. hard work and the ones the ones that who do uh, practice Islam nowadays correctly are put under scrutiny by people oh, oh you're too strict you do that this, even Muslims themselves, mm -hmm. even Muslims themselves, they say this guy is too extreme. This guy is this. This guy is that. This guy is just saying what's basic, basic level things. Yeah, hundred percent. The Prophet some said Islam came to strange, a strange, yeah. and they leave. Badal Islam ghariba wa sayyidu kama kama ghariba fatuba al ghurba. Glad tidings to the strangers. The strangers. And Prophet Muhammad says there will come a time where holding on to the religion, a believer holding on to his religion. It'll be as tough as someone holding on to Hakkul and burns your bones. So you let go of it. Mm -hmm. Let go of it. The trials and tribulations. At the same time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Hufatil Jannatu bil Makarih. The paradise is surrounded with things that are hard for the person to do. Wa Hufatil Nawa bil Shahwat. And the hellfire is surrounded by 
the shahwat, the desires, things that you desire to do, going out with girls, drinking, you know, yeah. fornication, lying, backbiting, mm -hmm. all of these things. These things, the shahwat, what you want, they'll bring you right to the hellfire. I think, well, you have to understand, the mindset of the companions, yeah? sometimes I, I find it hard to believe. Myself and you, we are fighting for the, competing for the same Jannah as the companions, bro. Subhanallah. That's yeah. why, that's why, that's why, uh, uh, Imam Hassan Basan, he says stand up in prayer in Salat all night. Mm -hmm. And then he, he stands in Salat for Qiyam al mm -hmm. And then while he's standing at night, his leg starts to get weak. So he hits it. He stabs his leg, bro. He stabs his leg. He's like, Abu Bakr and Umar are ahead of you. Mm -hmm. The Sahaba are ahead of you. You're competing with these people. Stand up on Salat. He understood that whatever he's in now is temporary. And he puts in the effort now. Whatever comes is eternal and it's what's good. Man. That was, bro, he's one of the tasks. Yeah, that was their exactly. mindset. Bro, that was their mindset. You know what I mean? That was their mindset. Imagine Ali ibn Abi Talib, he says, I'm worshipping Allah to the most of my ability. Now, if I see the hellfire in front of me, I cannot increase in my good deeds. Why? Because I'm already doing the max. I'm already maxing out. Are we doing the max, bro? No, Allah, no. Wallahi not, we are slacking, bro. Man. We are distracted by so many things and we are slacking. We are putting so many things before our deen. Our priorities need to be corrected, Dakhi. Our priorities need to be corrected big times. But on the other hand, you have people that do pray. Yeah. People that do try to stick to their salah, mm -hmm. to the best of their ability. To these people, from time to time, your iman is going to go low and it's going to go higher again. For you, my brothers and my sisters, you need to realize that before you go into salah, you need to prepare for it in order yeah, for you yeah. to get the most of it, to have the khushu. I don't think people have learned, a lot of people haven't learned about salah. They know what their parents taught them. Yes, 100%. A lot of people don't realize that it has conditions, it has pillars, it has obligation, and it has sunans. You know what I mean? Yeah. It has nothing sunans that you need to do. And a lot of people mix between them. They don't realize that if they yeah. miss a pillar of salah, they don't know what a pillar of salah is, no problem. Yeah. What the different pillars are, and they don't know if they mess up with the pillar of salah, that salah is not accepted. I think a lot of people need to learn salah. What, what any good resources of a very very good book and it's actually translated to English as well by Sheikh Al-Bani it's called Sifat Salat Al-Nabi the way Prophet Muhammad prayed I think I have uh, a link to that actually look you can find links easy yeah, you, can find, it you can find links easy online but what I'd recommend I people to start with bro start with your Aqeedah and Wallahi the Knowledge College is one of the best yeah. places right now you could go to so simplified you don't need to we're, go reading books there's probably more books that's what videos. we're just saying what we know what we don't think is for for our level Fuad yeah. we are people that have short attention span yeah. nowadays we are, we are easily distracted yeah. videos something something that you can like audiovisual something that you can look and you can Listen. hear at the same time Some, someone in front of you short video you know what I mean? 20 minutes video. Yeah. I think that's usually yeah. 15 minutes. It's like 15 you know minutes each. 15 thing. minutes each, each, uh, Man, each class. You know what I mean? So, so, much easy. so much benefit as well. So much benefit, bro. You, you, you fulfill what's, what you're obliged to know. You mm. understand? But in terms of book for salah, I think by Sheikh al Bani, there is the Muhtasab, the short book. Mm. It's very simplified, bro. Description of the Description prayer, of the, the prayers, the Prophet's Prophet's prayer. Yeah, prophet's because prayer. Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu says in the Sahih Hadith, Sallu kama ra'aytu muni usallu. Pray as like, you see me. As you see me pray. You know what I mean? If you want to get the best of your salah, pray like Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And that's the salah that's going to get you away from fitan. Mm. Because Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala told Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, so, Uqim al-salah, 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 Uqim al
recite what you what was revealed to you from the book, from the Quran, mm -hmm. and establish salah because salah forbids evil and immorality. Mm -hmm. But what kind of salah? The salah that we go into without realizing what the hell we said? Yeah. You know? No, it's the salah that, so, so that was... we know what we're doing. You know what I mean? The salah that brings you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, no, do not obey him. Prostrate and come closer. Mm -hmm. Come closer to me, oh my servant. Well, you know? For some people, when they crave salah, they don't even know what they, they don't they don't even know what they read, bro. They don't know like what's the words they read. Yeah. That's shocking, bro, isn't it? I know, I know. And that's that's the the staple the majority of Muslims, unfortunately. Fortunately. Isn't it? And amongst that is learning the meanings of the salah as well. Meaning of the words you say. For yeah. example, when you say Allahu Akbar, means Allah is the greatest. Mm -hmm. When you were going down, thing is, most most of the takbirat, you put your hands up like this, you surrender to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you say Allahu Akbar, you should put in your mind, you say Allah is the greatest, mm -hmm. and I should forget whatever that's taken my mind away. I should concentrate on Allah even because Allah, Allah is the greatest. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even describes there's some people who, when they pray salah, the eyes are usually attributed to the munafiqeen. Which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذَا قَوْمُوا إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ And when they pray salah, قَوْمُوا كُسَالَةِ They pray lethargic, just lazy, freely, oh, it doesn't yeah, matter. Lazy, yes. Just to pray for the people, to say, okay, Fuad prayed. They show off front of you. وَلَا يَذْكُرُ اللَّهَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا وَلَا يَذْكُرُ اللَّهَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا They only remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala little bit. And that's the time we're supposed to focus. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is for you. And do you know what's mad for her? You, you, said, you said these are the munafiqeen, yeah? Mm -hmm. But, but, but did, did we ever, as Muslims, the majority of us, did we ever think, oh, I might be one of them? Yeah. I might be one of them. Do I have the characteristics of the hypocrite? The hypocrite. I'm not saying, we're not saying you're a hypocrite. Yes. You're a hypocrite. Well, I'm, I'm speaking right now to mm -hmm. myself as well, mm -hmm. Fuad. Yeah. Am I a hypocrite? Did we ever think that, yeah. you know what I mean? Am I a hypocrite? Because, because the best of the people used to question whether they were hypocrites or not. Umar bin Abi Talib, remember when I was asking, uh, sorry, Umar bin Khattab, remember when I told you he asked Hudayfa? You know what I mean? Yeah. The first question he asked him before that, am I one of the munafiqeen? Am I one of the hypocrites? Do you remember when the, uh, I think it was Abdul Rahman bin Auf, yeah. He's, he, he came to Al Baqarah, he said, Abu Bakr, I'm one of the munafiqeen, I'm a munafiqeen. And Abu Bakr said, what, what do you mean? He said that, uh, then he said that when I'm with the Prophet Nabi, my iman is so high, when I'm away, I'm so low, I'm so down. And Abu Bakr, uh, well, I'm him, he said, oh, I'm only this condition. That happens the same with me. When I'm with the Nabi, my Iman is so, Iman is so high. And I'm, when I'm not with him, it's so low. So he went to the, the Prophet and uh, he told him, I'm on Munafiqeen because of this, this, and this, and this. The Prophet said that Iman is not still. It goes up and it goes down. So the best of people used to question themselves. Am I actually upholding this Islam? You know what I mean? So who are we not to... Try to question ourselves. Yeah? And you know what's mine though? These people, Prophet Muhammad describes them and he said, Wallahi bro, look, whoever loves the Sahaba, the, 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 the companions of Prophet Muhammad his heart is sound. And whoever dislikes him is a munafiq, he has nifaq in his yeah. heart. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, Muhammad until the rest of the ayah, he says, he says, Shaitan Rajeem, Allah describes the Sahaba, the companions of Prophet Muhammad and he said, they, the, the one, these, they please the, uh, the ones, the zura'ah, the, the farmers, let's say, those who plant good, mm -hmm. yeah? The, the sahaba impressed them. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, So that Allah will make 
the hatred more in the hearts of the disbelievers. Mm. You know, the, the hatred of the Sahaba. Do you understand? So basically the scholars say, from according to this verse, whoever hates the Sahaba, he is in a danger. He is in a dangerous area. And also Prophet Muhammad says, that is Ashabi. Do not curse my companions. He said, Wallahi, wallah, by Allah, if one of you spends the same as Mount Uhud, gold, you will not be able to, 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 to reach what he has given with one hand or two hands. Because from the, the Sahaba. The companions, they, they died for this Bro, deen. They, they're the ones that carried the deen by the way of the deen. On, on their shoulders, bro. They spread the deen all over the world. And they, they bro, it, during the time when Prophet Muhammad was at his weakest, they were the only ones that stood up for him. They were tortured. For example, Sumayya, she died, bro. She, they, she was stabbed with a spear. And she was a slave woman. You know? And Yasser. And Ammar ibn Yasser. Bro, they were tortured. They were killed. Sometimes, Bilal ibn Rabah, bro. Sometimes I find it mad when people curse the companions. Bro, it's just because ignorance. Mm -hmm. Ignorance. Wallahi, most of the time it's ignorance. When they... Look, we read a lot about people... People who, who are heroes. Secular. Secular, yeah. secular stories. You read about people who are heroes. And then you read about the Sahaba. Like, man, these, these people... Men, wow, upon bro. These people are men, like, well, why, bro? When you read, when you read about, for example, Martin Luther King, mm -hmm. he did good things in his life, mm -hmm. Malcolm X, yeah. you know what I mean? A lot of people that are considered as heroes nowadays, mm -hmm. you know, uh, what's his name, your man who, who, who stood up for the uh, she's not, uh, the Black Lives Matter, the first one, you know what I mean? He sat down like that and then he got sacked from his job. I have no idea. I can't remember. He, he plays American football. He has kind of like oh, a small African. Uh, I can't remember his name is. Kaepernick. I can't remember his name is. He's seen as a, as a, as a hero, right? The, the one who kneeled down. Yes, exactly. He's seen as an international Colin Kaepernick. That's his name. But compare him, bro, to the companions. Uh, no. <laughs> bro, compare bro. bro, like, the, wallahi, when you read about the companions, you're like, what? Subhanallah. He's you look at yourself like, Exactly, can, can such people even exist? That's number one. Then you look at yourself, you look down upon yourself, bro. When you, when you, when you read about them, you read about Prophet Muhammad. And, and just come back again, we are competing for the same gender as these people. Even on a leadership, I remember there's a, a messenger from home came to visit the, the Arabs, yeah? And he, it was a messenger from home, and he asked the, the companions, Where is your leader? Where's your leader? This oh, messenger from the Roman Empire. Yeah. Yes, yes. And this is during the Umbar Qatab's era. Yeah. And he said, hey, there's a leader over there, lying under the tree over there, yeah. wearing normal clothes. Yeah. Bro, not even normal clothes. No, it's like patches. Bro, Allah, his clothes have patch, patches. patches. Do you know, like when you rip it and then you yeah. stick, like you saw a patch on it. Another narration when the, the Amor was about to collect the keys from, I think, I'm not sure what country. From, uh, from Qudus. From Qudus, uh, yeah. From, um, Beitul Maqdis. Beitul Maqdis. Uh, it's in Palestine, bro. The capital, Jerusalem. From Jerusalem. Jerusalem was yeah. about to collect the keys, yeah. And they want his companion, Abu Dhar. He's asking, he's asking, uh, I mean, change your clothes, your, your thing. You're going, you're, to, you're going to collect the keys, your man position. Yeah. And Umar Abu Khattab goes, Abu Dhar, uh, it's sad. From you, this coming from you is very sad. Yeah. Because you know that Ezza is not, is not what we were. But Islam gave us Ezza. We were people who used to fight each other, disagree with each other. But Islam came and gave us Ezza. So we were banned in Islam. He said, he said, he said, I'm surprised because this came out of your mouth, oh, Abu Dhar. Yeah, it's, and then he said, a beautiful, bro, a beautiful quote that until this day, 1,400 years later, is still, still memorized by people. He said, نحن قوم أعزنا الله بالإسلام فإن اتغينا العزة بغيره أذلنا الله 
We are people who Allah who has honored mm. in Islam. Mm. If we seek izzah, if we seek honor with others in Islam, Allah will dishonor us. Um, and Fuad, a very good point pops out of this. A lot of people, especially Christians, people in the West, when they speak about them about religion, they think that, they perceive that, they think straight away, oh, if you apply religion, you're going to go back to ignorance. Yeah. Why? Why Fuad? Because they, when they applied their religion, when they applied Christianity, they were in the dark ages. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like there were certain times in Europe where people were forbidden to take showers. Showers was considered as forbidden. We, Wallahi bro, you studied the history during the dark ages in, in, in Europe, people were forbidden. The churches forbidden them from, from, from uh, taking yeah. showers, you know what I mean? And uh, like, bro, they were in complete ignorance. So straight away they assumed that when you apply Islam, all religion is the same. And straight away, they assume that when you apply Islam, you're going to go back to the same darkness. But they don't realize when the Muslims applied Islam, they had Spain conquered. They had all the way to China, bro. All the way to China. And the thing is, that was the golden era of yes. Muslims. You know what I mean? That's when, that's when uh, Baghdad, for example, was the center of knowledge of the world. Now, look at Baghdad, bro. I'm from, I was born in Baghdad. Mm. Bro, you go to Baghdad. Bro, why, is why, did, why do people think that? If you're religious or you apply religion, you don't want modernization. Islam wants you to be modernized, but obviously there's context in which you can go. Yeah. Like technology is very useful. Hundred percent. So you can't say, "Oh, Islam doesn't allow us to use." Yeah, there's there's ways we can use our thing. Islam wants us to modernize. Hundred yeah? percent. Like for example, for example, uh, what's it called? Uh, but don't compromise the deen, bro. No, we don't. Hundred percent, we don't. But at the same time, like certain people, they they say that when you apply the deen, you're gonna go backwards. But if you think about it, during the golden era of Islam, when Islam was applied, mm -hmm. when Muslims applied Islam, they became victorious and they had honor. They were honored. Allah honored them. And at that time, uh, astronomy developed the most. Telescope was created. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, before the soap, the camera, the clock. You know the clock mm -hmm. was created at the time. So many, so many, so many other inventions. So many things were invented because the Islam doesn't forbid you from seeking secular worldly knowledge. Mm -hmm. Black encourages you. In fact, in fact, if for example there is a need for a doctor in a certain village, mm -hmm. it becomes it becomes an obligation upon every single person that has the ability to go and seek knowledge and become a doctor. If oh, you know what I mean? Once you have enough people that will suffice for the community, mm -hmm. then that obligation drops. You understand? Yes. The obligation upon everyone drops. Mm -hmm. So Islam encourages you to learn. Mm -hmm. And there's so many hadith that encourages you to go out there and seek knowledge. Mm -hmm. You know? Even the, even the mindset of the Muslims have to change. Like I remember a story in which the, the Prophet Sallallahu he was explaining to... The Prophet used to talk to the companions about the Dajjal a lot of the time. So on this particular day, he was talking to the companions about the Dajjal. He was telling them stories there. Yeah? And then he hears something, he looked back, yeah? And he looked back at his companion, and his companion was scared, they were like terrified. And he asked them, why are you guys scared? He said, and they, they replied to him, Ya Rasulullah, you're talking about the Dajjal. And then he turned around, we told you it's coming. He's coming for yeah, me. Yeah, he told you it's coming for us. I said, no, don't worry. If the Dajjal, the, the Dajjal comes here, while I'm alive, I'll protect you. The Prophet said, he'll protect them. But if he's not there, if he's not, if he doesn't, if he doesn't come while he's alive, the Prophet's alive, then everybody has to protect themselves. Hmm? So it's the problem when the Prophet described it, he said that when the Dajjal comes, a, a, a year, a day will be like a year. A week, sorry, the, no, the next week, day. A week will be like a day. A week will be like a day. No, the first day will be like a, a year. Yes. The second day will be like a, a 
a week, a month. a month. The third day will be like a week, week. and the following day is just normally. Yes. And so if someone, if the power, if someone was, the power of someone was to tell us that story now, everybody would be like, oh wow, how does that make sense? How could it be a day be a year, a week? That doesn't make sense. But you know what the companions ask? Say, how are we going to pray our salah? Look at the mindset. Look That's at the mindset. <laughs> how are we going to pray? Look at the mindset. Like, do we, we need this mindset, bro. How are we going to pray? That's the question that popped up in their head. So um, it shows you, it shows you the importance of salah yeah. to them. Bro, wallahi. When I, before I started practicing, when I didn't pray, I always felt this emptiness. Man. Do you ever see when like you have nothing to do? You're basically like a, like a bum. You know what I mean? You yeah. have no plans, no nothing. But when you start praying, you know, at this time, you have an appointment with someone. You have five, point, five appointments a day. You know what I mean? You wake up for fajr and you abandon your bed, your warm bed, and you go and make wudu sometimes with cold water because mm -hmm. you didn't put the heating up, you know? And you get up and you prepare yourself to please. You're created the most high. You fulfill the purpose for which you were created. And that puts ease in your heart. Bro, Allah. Now, a lot of Muslims, if you ask, if you bring a Muslim, for example, if you bring a Muslim and you give him a choice, we're either gonna throw you in the fire or you abandon your salah. You're not allowed to pray. Say a Muslim who practices and prays mm -hmm. and he has tasted the sweetness of Iman, right? If you give him a choice, we'll throw you in this fire now and you die. Right? Or hot oil, hot oil. Of course, you're gonna go to Jannah if 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 you uh, if you die for that, you know. And you have the other option is you're not you abandon your salah. You're not allowed to pray, meaning you go back to kufr by abandoning that. Wallahi, bro, I guarantee you, the majority of Muslims would choose would rather would rather to jump in the fire rather than abandon their salah, especially after they've tasted the sweetness of Iman. And Prophet Muhammad says, "Thalathatun man kunna bihi or man kunna fihi wajda bihiina halawat al-Iman." Three things that when a person has, he will taste the sweetness of Iman. Three characteristics. One, one. He said, number one, mm. that Allah and His Messenger is more beloved to him than everyone. And let me tell you something, bro. Allah, I was thinking that about that the other day. My, my wife, my child, my parents are most people that I love mm. right now. You know what I mean? And when I think about Allah, Prophet Allah, Obviously Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first and yeah. Muhammad said, more than all of them. More than my mm -hmm. child, more than my baby. You understand? And that's that does not that does not decrease your love for your wife. No, of course it doesn't. Of course it doesn't, but there's priorities. Yeah. You understand? If my wife is leading me leading me astray, right? And she's doing kuf of things, she becomes a kafir. Mm -hmm. It's an obligation for me to leave her. Mm -hmm. You understand? Understand. Yeah, if I abandon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's that's what I'm trying to say. So the first thing is Allah and his messenger is more beloved to you, even more than yourself. So, that's when you reach, that's number one. And Prophet Muhammad is more beloved to you. The second thing is, you love a person, you only love that person for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of Fuad, not because Fuad is, has charisma, because Fuad is, is a funny guy. Fuad, I, I get along with Fuad, we understand each other. You know, he's an articulate person. No, I love Fuad because he loves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm -hmm. No, because that's the reason, that's the thing that connects us. What's the third thing? Third thing is, Exactly what I mentioned to you. You hate to go back to kufr after Allah has saved you from kufr, just like how you hate it if you were to be thrown in the fire. So, when you have these three I characteristics, you will taste the sweetness of your I think, life. I think a lot of us Muslims that we should check out. We need to check ourselves. Do we love Allah the most? Think of the thing that you love the most. Everybody should think of the things they love the most and ask yourself: 
is your love for Allah does it supersede everything and if it doesn't you need to check yourself you need to seek knowledge that's what you need to do because like because see see one of the conditions of la ilaha illallah is love mm -hmm. one of the conditions yeah, remember we spoke about the conditions before i think it's seven eight seven or eight seven but scholars keep seven because seven. you have you have two pillars and the, the eighth yeah. condition is the pillar as well yeah. you understand so seven conditions and one of mm -hmm. them is love you know what i mean and your love cannot you cannot love someone equal to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala your love for allah must supersede everything everything but for I, the point i'm trying to make is how can you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more than anything if you don't have knowledge about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Okay. Yeah. What Allah does because before before that condition, before the condition mm -hmm. of love, the condition of knowledge. Yeah. Al that's the first condition of La ilaha illallah. So an ilmu first of all, first condition is knowledge. knowledge sincerity. Uh, certainty. Qabul uh, acceptance. Uh, submit, uh, submission. I learned it zero way. <laughs> oh, you see, the thing is, I learned it according to a poem. Oh, okay. you know what I mean? Do you know the poem I mentioned? So, ilm, uh, ilm is knowledge, yaqeen, certainty. Yeah. You can't have certainty without knowledge. Mm -hmm. You learn about something in order to understand it better yeah. and to, in order for you to be certain. Well, yaqeen, huh? well, qabool, then you accept it. You understand? Yaqeen, well, qabool, then you follow. Submission, you submit. Then, Sadaq, truthfulness. Truthfulness. Yeah. Uh, uh, sincerity. And then love. Love. After all, is love. Yeah. But love doesn't come without knowledge, for mm -hmm. If you don't love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his messenger more than anything, then you need to check yourself and you need to start seeking knowledge for real. For real. Another thing about this, because when you ask about knowledge, another thing about that is that knowledge will benefit you if you don't use it. You know what I mean? Example, if you give you an example, say like we have two foods here, the poison. You don't know it's poison and you eat the food. And I know this, this food is poison, but yeah, I still eat the food. Is the knowledge benefiting me though? No. So knowledge is nothing without putting action. Mm. You have to put that knowledge in action. You know what I mean? So you learn about the the things that Allah SWT has done for you, the ni'mah. But yet you don't appreciate it. You don't show it. Yeah. So that knowledge that you learn about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, put it into practice. How do you show your love to somebody? If you love your mom, what do you do? You do stuff for her, yeah? Of course, yeah. Yeah? You make sure she doesn't have to, she's not stressed. You make sure she doesn't, she doesn't have to do too much. So really? if you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you complete his farad. You complete your salah. And if you love him even more, you do some nawafim, bro. 100%. Yeah? 100%. And in order for you, in order for you to have khushu' in your salah and to appreciate and love your salah, you need to come with prerequisites. There's, there, there are prerequisites. You need to prepare for your salah before you come to it. For example, a football player, when he enters the field, he's going to do some warm-ups. Yeah. Likewise, when you go for men, it's an, our obligation to go to masjids and pray our farah yeah. salat in the masjid. May Allah open the masajid soon and, and, yeah. and make us able to go for them and for Jum'ah, inshallah, tomorrow. I hope the masajid is open, inshallah. Uh, that we're going to post this on Friday. By the way, we're recording this on Thursday. That's what <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> inshallah ta'ala. So, uh, you need to come. There are prerequisites. For example, when you walk to the conditions. masjid, conditions. Yeah, when you walk to the masjid, you realize that you're going to pray. You do the du'a of going to the masjid. Allahumma jaa fi qalbi nur. Oh Allah, put nur, put light in my heart. Wa ala lisan nur on my tongue. Wa fi sana nur on my hair. Bi basal nur. Wa an yamin nur. An shimal nur. Ila akhir. You remember knowledge. You learn these things off and mention them before you go to the salah. Mm -hmm. When you're on your way to the masjid, you realize that with every step you take to the masjid, there's hasana in it. 
and Allah put 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 a, a bad deed off, you delete a bad deed. And then we left step. And, and, and elevate you. Exactly, and elevate you a daraja, elevate you a degree in, in paradise. Yeah. And, and the closest the closest a Muslim can be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in sujood. Sujood. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know, but you need to know like you need to have knowledge in order to appreciate these things yeah. and apply them. When you when you enter the masjid, you enter with your right foot. You make the du'a of the whole masjid. You wait, for example, before you come before Adam a few minutes before Adam, you hear the Adam, you repeat after the Adam. So you prepared yourself for salah. Mm. Now you're ready for salah. Remember the example you told me earlier. If you're playing Fortnite or you're playing something on the uh, PlayStation. And or something. the Adam means okay, you just go play. You're gonna think about Fortnite then, man. There you go. There you go. Or you're doing your exams, you don't allocate time for your salah. You feel like it's like a bird on your back, you just want to chop it off. People always plan this like outside their life. It's, it's, it's supposed to be part of your life. 100%. 100%. Like That's see, the life of a Muslim. Like, like see now, like, if, I, if I'm looking for a job, the first yeah. thing that I'm going to look for, how am I going to pray? Where yeah. am I going to pray? Yeah. Do they have a place I can pray yeah. in it? Do they have a place, a suitable place where I can make a vote? You understand? Because Allah wrote like one of the main things I struggled with when I was working before was salah. I used to go out and pray in the car park when it rains. Mm. Just lay my mat on the ground, everyone there looking yeah. at you. You know what I mean? When I, when I, start, yeah, so when I started, I was like, because uh, Jumar. So I was like, oh, I can't walk these, these times from this time to Friday. So obviously at the start, I was like, no one's going to take that. Because yeah. like, not flexible enough, but alhamdulillah, I found somebody. But like, even coming to the job, reason maybe one of the reasons maybe Allah SWT like, gave me the job or something is because like, I, I told them, yeah. Or the, this, I need to pray this time, stuff like that. I can't do this because this Juma. And for example, I'll go on tomorrow on Sundays. So after four o'clock, I'm busy, you know, because you don't want to forget, uh, lose the closeness to Allah, you know, lose the closeness to the Masjid. You don't want to do that. So you have to put. We we don't put that as priority. We have to put that as priority. So if we, me and you want to go out, say you want to go camping, you want to go to lunch, we have to make sure it's outside that salat time or wherever we can go, the the Masjid or the place we can pray our salat. 100%. Yeah. So you don't fit your salah into your life. You fit your life yeah. into your salah. Thank you. You know what I mean. So let's we we'll put that in the code. You don't. <laughs> we have to put that in bold because people don't understand that. that. That's the reality. People put their life. Sorry, explain <laughs> that. People people don't fit the salah in their life. Or is it opposite? Kind of confused. <laughs> people don't put their salah. Don't prioritize their salah. salah. You know what I mean? They put their put put secondary. Exactly. Yeah. Their, their prayer is secondary. You know what I mean? But your your life should revolve around your, your salah. salah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so life. you fit your life, you organize your life according to your salah. salah. I have salah this time, okay, my life is gonna come afterwards. Yeah. You understand? So so I'm going to the I'm going to a restaurant. The salah is here. Okay, I have to make sure I do my salah. Is it is there a space where I can pray my salah? So your your world has to revolve around your salah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, one day, but uh, see the way Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says uh, that salah will bring you away from fahsha and munkar. Yeah. One of my very very close to me, very close to me, may Allah guide him. He was telling me like he was he was on a good. He was good. He was good. He was good. He was on a good path for yeah. a while. They became really religious. His his iman came up high. Then he started hanging around with the wrong people, and he told me he's young. He's youngster still. He told me uh, one day he went out session on a session. Session? He went out on a session, yeah? Mm -hmm. You know the session, for those who don't know what session is, it's basically been drinking, going out drinking yeah. in the field. That's, what, parking, they call it, that's what they call it. In Ireland, in Dublin, they call session. it a session, going out on a session. Anyways, he told me when he started slipping, he went out on a session. He felt bad when it came time to Salah. He ran away from them. He don't have Salah in the field. <laughs> he came back. He went back. <laughs> you know? But eventually, what happened for him? 
Eventually, he stopped. The more he went into his sins, he stopped praying. Do, do you know what some man, something I talk of, yeah? Muslims, yeah? Muslims. <laughs> we, we, we never, 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 you see, the majority of Muslims never see me in pork. You never see eating pork. So true. We yeah. don't know how so true. Don't eat pork, that's haram. Yeah. Everybody knows that. But the more, the more. <laughs> it's so funny, bro. Yeah, subhanAllah. May Allah guide us all. But the point, the point I'm trying to make is when you do sins, that's going to bring you away from your salah. And the more you do of your salah and you stick to your salah, the more you're going to stay away from sins and the people of sins. Mm-hmm. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, salah brings you away from immorality and evil. Mm-hmm. Therefore, establish your salah, my brothers and sisters. And if you find it difficult at the start, pray all your prayers at night. Try your best. Just don't miss your salah. Just don't, don't miss. miss. And if you miss your salah, pray at night, bro. Pray at night. Do you get me? As a start. Don't, don't, don't make sure you complete it. That's what I'm trying to say. Complete it. If you miss, for example, you about time, you forgot it or something happened and you couldn't pray, pray all of them at night. Bro, Allah, I'm going to start practicing. It's something bad. I'm not saying it's good. And your salah may not be accepted, but at least now you're training yourself. To, you know what I mean? To stick to your salah. And eventually when I realized the importance of praying each salah on this time, I start praying each salah on this time. Alhamdulillah, no, no problem at all. No problem at all. Make sure you pray, you seek tawbah as well. Once one of God loves those who repent. So make sure you always repent every time. No matter what you do. Dua. And maybe we should even talk, another uh, thing we can talk about is the importance of dua. Because I think a lot of the Muslim women don't even make dua. Mm-hmm. A lot of us, including me, myself, even forget to make dua. Or you only make dua when uh, you need it, mm-hmm. or something bad happens. happens to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%, 100%. So, so for your salah, make sure you stick to it, and make sure you always ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to make it easy for you, yeah. and keep on persevering. You have to be determined. Yeah, be consistent. Yeah. Make dua, make dua, make dua. Dua is very important. It's really, really, really important. Make sure your your salah is your life. Yeah. How is your salah your life? Prophet Muhammad when he's t- whatever calamity happens to him, he brings it to yeah. his salah. Whatever he goes on to him in his life, he brings it to his salah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Makes dua, for example, a battle is about to happen, he makes dua in his salah. You know, he wants to do something. For example, for, I'll give you an example, Imam Bukhara, right? He's one of the biggest people of Imam, biggest scholars in Islam, yeah? Mm-hmm. He's the one that wrote Sahih al-Bukhari, the, the most authentic book after the Quran. Yeah. After, before each hadith, before he writes it, he prays istikhara. Salat istikhara. Do you know salat istikhara? Yeah. Yeah? So like, you pray salat and then, so that whatever choice you make, you realize, halal, this is the best choice for me. Mm. Two, two, two units of prayer, two units of salat. Imagine this, bro. The sahaba, before they took any choice, they used to pray salat istikhara. Mm. So their salat was their life. You understand what I'm trying to say? Prophet Muhammad whenever anything happens to them, anything happens to him, Stands up in the salah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah. That's how he makes the salah part of his life and he has khushu' in the salah. You understand? Yeah. You're about to have exams, Ya Allah, make me, make me, make me work harder for my exams. Give me tawfiq. Bless me so that I'll get better results. Mm-hmm. No matter what you do, you're about to go to the shop, Ya Allah, uh, give me barakah. You know what I mean? Uh, increase my rizq. Make me, make, uh, oh Allah, don't make me face any calamities, anyone who I hate. You understand? Yeah. Ya Allah, give me hikmah. Bless me with, with hikmah. Ya Allah, make me a person who has uh, wisdom. Allah, oh Allah, give me power, like like uh, physical power. Mm. Give me, uh, you know, you know what I mean? strength, mind strength. Any du'a, anything, anything. Just make du'a to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because you don't know, we don't know what du'a is going to be accepted from you. Mm. You understand? And even those who, you don't see them as accepted in the dunya and the akhirah, they're going to turn into good deeds for you. Mm. You're going to come and see mountains of good deeds. And then someone's going to tell you, this is your du'a that you made in the dunya and simply that wasn't accepted. You understand? 
is going to turn into good deeds. So it's a win-win situation. Do you get me? I get you, bro. I think a good way to round off the, this episode is the ayah from the start that we said that everything has to revolve around uh, what we do for sake of Allah. قُلْ إِنَّ الصَّلَاةِ وَنُسْكِ وَمَحْيَاءَ وَمَا يَحْيَاءَ وَمَا مَاتَ لِلَّهِ وَبِالْعَالَمِينَ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ وَبِذَلِكَ وَمُوتُ وَأَنَا أَوَّلُ الْمُسْلِمِينَ Zakumullah khair if you got hit to here. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this episode and every episode of benefit to you and stay tuned because in the future, in the near future, the coming episode we have very interesting guests. Yes. Bismillah ta'ala. Uh, stay in touch with yeah. our Instagram page because we're going to be posting quizzes and whoever gets the most answer of these quizzes, they're going to get a shout out here. Inshallah ta'ala. Ask us questions. If you need to ask us questions, we will answer your questions on the podcast. Yeah. So bear with us guys. We see you the we, well, we, we know our content, but we're still working on the technology aspect, inshallah. Mm -hmm. So we'll improve that very soon and we'll bring some awesome guests. We we're, were discussing some potential guests to bring on and there are some interesting stories and interesting benefits yes. we can all bring on. So we know you guys enjoyed the last episode with our brother Sohel. Yes. So inshallah, we're going to be bringing more of that as well. So stay tuned and whatever good we said is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and tawfir. Whatever bad we said or anything wrong we mentioned is from ourselves and the shaitan. And assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, ya akhi. Inshallah, sleep good. Six hours of recording time. I hope your Allah stayed. Oh my God, I didn't plug it into the charger. No, it died. No. <laughs> Oh my god, no way, at least we got...